Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend, our final show of the regular season as the Indians are in Texas this weekend at Globe Life Field, the brand new ballpark in Arlington, Texas, for a three game series with the Rangers. Coming up later on in our show, we will hear from Indians Cy Young Award winner Shane Bieber as he's back on the mound and We'll get his thoughts on his return. Also, Jose Ramirez having another MVP-type season. We'll visit with Jose as well. Pitching coach Carl Willis will stop by. And we had a nice chat with Sandy Alomar Jr. about his time in Texas, both as a youngster and a visiting player with the Cleveland Indians. As Now as a coach, he's seeing his third different ballpark here in Arlington, Texas. But first... A look back at the week in review, and we begin on Monday, the makeup game at home against the Royals, the final home game for the Cleveland Indians as the Indians at Progressive Field. And the Royals got on the board with a run in the top half of the first inning, but in the bottom of the inning, the Indians answered with doubles from Miles Straw and then Ahmed Rosario. Rosario sends a drive deep up the alley in right center. One hop over the wall, a ground rule double to tie the game. Straw will score from second. And Rosario with a ground rule double has quickly tied the game and won his 24th double and his 52nd RBI. Fran Mill Reyes added a sack fly to put the tribe up 2-1. to one. And then in the second inning, Andres Jimenez continued his strong stretch at the plate. Jackson Kowar. He lets it fly, and Jimenez drives one toward the gap in left center field. Base hit. It'll get down, and guess what? Scoot to the wall, and the Indians have their fourth double. Zimmer scores, and it's 3-1 to try. And Andres Jimenez with a nice piece of hitting. KC didn't go down easily, though. They tied the game with two runs in the top of the third, but again, the Indians answered in the bottom of the inning, and again, it was Rosario. Here's the wind. Here's the 1-1. Swung on, line shot, deep center field. Isbell tracked, wall, gone! Ahmed Rosario with his 11th home run. A two-iron over the nine-foot wall in center. And the Indians are back on top. Four to three, 
And it's their first hit today that wasn't a double. It's a home run. The Tribe shortstop's big night continued as he drove in one more in the sixth to make it 6-3. to three. And then in the eighth, a memorable moment as Bradley Zimmer stepped to the plate and on the mound was his big brother, Kyle. How many times did these guys, as little shavers, meet in the backyard of a wiffle ball game? Wondering if this could ever become a reality on the big league stage. Kyle Zimmer hands at the belt. He lets it fly. Swung in and blasted! High! Deep to right! Away! Back! Gone! Well, if they did it in the backyard, they better have lived on a ranch because that's how far that bomb went. Bradley Zimmer gets his big brother with a prodigious blast to right. And the Indians lead it 7-3. to three. And I don't know that the brothers ever really looked at each other because you don't want to show up anybody, much less your brother. But that was back out of that concourse area beyond the seats in the lower deck and right. Bradley Zimmer's eighth home run. Oh, he got all of it. The Indians added one more with a sack fly from Andres Jimenez. That made it 8-3. to three. And then in the ninth, Emmanuel Classe was on to finish out the home portion of the 2021 season. Classe is ready. Here's the 1-2 delivery. A swing at the second baseman. Jimenez gloves, throws, ball game. And the Indians complete the whole portion of 2021 with a resounding 8-3 win over the Kansas City Royals. And for many on hand, an emotional time as it was the final time they would see the Indians playing at Progressive Field before they transition to the Guardians for 2022. After the game, the Indians hit the road, headed to Kansas City for a three-game series against the Royals at Kauffman Stadium. And Kansas City held the upper hand on both Tuesday and Wednesday nights before Thursday's series finale. The Royals did take a 1-0 lead with the second, but in the third, Oscar Mercado delivered a game-tying extra base hit. Now the 2-1 pitch. Swung on, ripped to right, down the line it goes, fair ball. It'll roll into the corner and score Roberto Perez. Mercado's on his way, standing into second with an RBI double. The throw hits him in the back as it bounced up and stayed near second. And Mercado ties the game at one. Bradley Zimmer's sack fly drove in Mercado, and it put the Indians on top 2-1. to one. And then in the bottom of the third, Shane Bieber finished his season on a high note. The 1-1 swung on line to short, caught by Yu Chang, and Shane Bieber works out of it. He'll finish tonight three more innings, giving up a run, and his season is over, but he's healthy, and look out next year. And again, we'll hear from Bieber in just a little bit later on in our show today. It was 3-1 to one Tribe in the seventh when Bradley Zimmer delivered again. Zuber readies and fires. And Zimmer swings and sends a liner toward left center. Michael Taylor, it's over his head as he went to the gap and didn't angle back on it. Straw hits third, he's coming home. In with an RBI double as Zimmer and the Indians lead it 4-1. to one. In the ninth, it was Zimmer once again facing his big brother Kyle. Kyle Zimmer's ready. The pitch. Swung on, socked high and deep to center. Taylor's going back. Taylor in front of the track makes the catch as he backs up onto the track. 
tagging and coming home is Mercado. And Little Bro gets Big Bro one more time. And maybe there will not be Thanksgiving dinner involving the two Zimmer brothers. And that proved to be the final score as the Indians took the finale in KC. And on a Friday night, Indians' first appearance at Globe Life Field, the new ballpark in Arlington, Texas. And the Rangers would score two runs in the second inning to grab an early lead. But in the third, the Indians got the comeback started with Austin Hedges. The pitch swung on. This is drilled toward deep left field. And this ball is gone! Austin Hedges smokes a home run to left. And the Indians trail it 2-1. to one. A line shot to left, his 10th home run. Later in the third inning, they tied it up when Andres Jimenez scored on a wild pitch, and then Jose Ramirez put the Tribe in front. The pitch swung on, drilled into center. That's a base hit. Straw and Rosario both score. Indians leading it 4-2. to A four-run third inning as Jose Ramirez with a two-run single to center, giving him 102 runs batted in. In the fourth, the Indians kept it going. Bobby Bradley getting it started. Here's his pitch to Bradley. Swung on, and that's skied high and deep to right. Garcia back at the track, looking up. Home run, Bobby Bradley. Number 16 on the season for the Tribe first baseman. And the Indians now lead 5-3. to three. Two more runs came across on infield singles by Ahmed Rosario and Jose Ramirez. And then Harold Ramirez finished off the big inning. Payoff pitch coming again to Harold Ramirez. Here it is. And it's swung on. Line drive. Base hit right field. And this one is cut off in the corner by Garcia. Scoring is Rosario. Ball pops free. And now a rundown on the infield. Racing home and scoring is Ramirez. And scrambling back to first to stay out of the rundown is Harold Ramirez as the throw came home, not nearly in time. And the Indians have tacked on two more. And the Indians hung on for the 9-6 win in the series opener here in Texas. Stay with us when we come back. We will visit with Shane Bieber, Indian starting pitcher, and also Jose Ramirez will stop by as well. That's coming up as we continue with Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Sunday! 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 It's the savings event of the season. Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Savathon. Your chance to save big by bundling your home and auto insurance. But only this Sunday. 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 Unless you're busy, in which case you can bundle Tuesday. 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 Or if you already have dinner plans, then try Friday. 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 But if the week gets away from you, you can just wait till next Sunday. 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 Because Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Savathon isn't going anywhere. 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 Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas, where the Indians are closing out the regular season with a three-game series against the Rangers. On Thursday night, Shane Bieber made his second and final appearance of the season for the Tribe, second appearance since returning from about two and a half months on the injured list with a sore shoulder and some shoulder inflammation. We had a chance to visit with him before his last start, and he said, 
even though it was only a couple of appearances that he'd be making between his return and the end of the season, he's just glad to be back and finishing on a positive note. Yeah, uh, it's been great. It's been something I've enjoyed. Um, I've done my best to, you know, try and enjoy this process, embrace this process, because, you know, like we were just saying, I haven't really gone through anything like this before. So for me, um, just working on getting back out there, whether it was for, you know, a dozen starts or or two starts, like we find ourselves in that situation right now, um, either way, it was important to ultimately just continue to work and, and try my best to get back out there. If you're in this game long enough, especially major league pitchers, even the, the best, they're going to run into something at some point in time in their career, but it's still difficult to take when you first find out that you're going to be out for a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I guess when I uh, when we first found out, uh, I realized it was a little bit unrealistic to think that I was never going to um, you know, catch something or, or go through something. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what motivated me to, to continue through and embrace this process and, and just work on getting back out there stronger and healthier and kind of just stay motivated for, for my teammates. And they, they were able to do a great job. And um, watching different guys step up a multitude of times has been exciting and, and definitely motivating. And so uh, I, I got them to thank for that and, and for the support and the training staff and everybody. It's just been uh, it's been a different process, but it's been a good one. Any times where it just became difficult because it didn't move fast enough for, for the way you wanted it to? Yeah, it can be frustrating, um, and, and that's where the feedback with the, the training staff that we have comes in so clutch is um, they were a huge support system for me and, and let me know that you know we kind of take this one day at a time and um, you know make, make adjustments on the fly and, and just end up doing what's best for uh, myself and, and the team, and that's what we ended up doing. So it can be frustrating at times, but you got to uh, you know, stay centered and um, keep that one goal in mind. Shane Bieber joining us. And uh, Shane, you mentioned just about seeing your teammates develop, especially some of the younger ones. How much did you feel comfortable helping them along the way when, when they had maybe some things that they were going through to try and be successful at this level? Yeah, like I said, it's been fun to watch these guys um, and, and not just everybody that's that's younger, um, but guys stepping up in different roles. You know, Cal going from the pen to, to uh, starting and doing a a phenomenal job at that has been awesome and inspiring and motivating like I said and um, you know Tristan with his second half run and Eli steps up in big games and big situations and um, you know I'm missing a lot of other guys our bullpen's been rock solid all year and it's, it's been a lot of fun to watch I was able to make it on most road trips and um, you know just kind of feeling the team feeling the support and, and trying to uh, reciprocate that for them was was important to me important to the staff and um, yeah like I said it's been a different year but it's been a good one for uh, different reasons. Well, it's great to see you back. Good luck the rest of the way. Thanks. Appreciate it, Rosie. One of the most positive people that you'll run into, Shane Bieber. Look for him to bounce back strong in 2022. Well, for Jose Ramirez, it's been kind of the standard season for him of late. He's at 36 home runs, and after driving in more runs, three more runs in uh, the series in Texas on Friday night. He's now at 103 runs driven in, just too shy of his career high. He got to the 100 mark on uh, earlier in the week in Kansas City and when we had a chance to visit with Jose with translation help from Augie Rivero, he talked about another season of piling up big numbers. Eh, bueno, eh, gracias a Dios por esta temporada, tú sabes. 
Well, thank, first of all, I just want to thank God for this uh, season. Uh, definitely, there were a lot of ups and downs during the season. Um, and ultimately, we didn't achieve the, the goal that we had, that is go to the playoff. But we can tell it was a, it was a good season in, the, in a personal way. And I was able to achieve uh, the numbers that I was set myself to do at the beginning of the season. And you've had similar seasons in the past, numbers-wise. But this year, a little bit different lineup-wise. In years past, you've had hitters like Francisco Lindor, Michael Brantley, uh, some others. I know I'm, I'm missing a bunch, I'm sure. But uh, this year, you've been pitched around a lot. And, and how difficult has it been to get good pitches to hit to be able to, to produce like you have? Uh, bueno. Yeah, I mean, in reality, it has been kind of the most difficult years for me to put those numbers because obviously I have to be more concentrated in every AB. I have to make sure that I execute in every opportunity that I get because I don't get as many speeches in the past because, you know, we knew the team that we had before. And But obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's a good opportunity to be doing what I'm doing and, and, and hopefully, you know, next year it can be in the same way. And everybody tries to, to learn and grow in this game as you gain more experience. How are you a better hitter now than maybe you were two, three years ago when you put up some good numbers? I feel like the experience, the experience plays out a lot and helps you a lot to understand better the game and play better the game. And also, I, I keep working hard like every year. I don't stop. I don't. I don't get a, get away from it. I just keep facing the same intensity in my workloads that I normally used to do. Jose Ramirez joining us along with translation help from Augie Rivero. And Jose, you look at, at your role on this team, and, and I've talked to several different players who say this is a fun ball club and you are the reason why. And, and how have you embraced the role of, of a leadership role on this ball club? It's a big sense of pride to get that recognition for the players, but in, in reality, that's, this is always... I always been this person, right? The same energy, the same uh, desire to win, and that's going to be my my bottom line. I'm going to continue playing hard. I'm going to be continuing playing to win, and with the same energy. All right, Jose, we'll finish with this tremendous year across the board: 36 home runs, and the statistics will say that you hit some off curveballs, some off fastballs, some off sliders. But truly, what is the one pitch that that you hit for these 36 home runs? Oh, wrong pitch. <laughs> of course it is. The home run pitch every time. Jose, great season. Thank you for coming by. Thank you. That's Jose Ramirez. Augie, thank you. Thank you, guys. That's Jose Ramirez with always the great help from Augie Rivero on the translation. And uh, You can tell right there he's had a good season individually, but with no postseason, that's not cutting it for Jose Ramirez. And he is uh, certainly going to do everything in his power to make sure the Indians get back to the postseason in 2022. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll check in with tri-pitching coach Carl Willis. That's after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive Jim Rosenhouse. Back with you from the new ballpark in Arlington, Globe Life Field, where the Indians are playing the Rangers this weekend. 7.05 first pitch on Saturday night, and then a 2.05, check that, 3.05 Cleveland time first pitch on Sunday for the season finale. Well, a big key for the Indians in every season is pitching. And this year, when you look at the final numbers, they're a little bit higher 
than they have been in recent seasons, mainly due to all the injuries and some of the young pitching that had to go through the growing pains. We caught up with pitching coach Carl Willis, and he talked about what it's meant to get Shane Bieber and Aaron Savali back into the rotation at the tail end of the season. Well, I think it's most importantly been peace of mind for for Aaron and and for Shane, you know, to – to be patient, to put in a lot of hard work to get themselves back to a point where they can go out and and compete in a major league game. And certainly, you know, when you have an extended time off like that, um, you know, you realize that you're probably not going to execute maybe as consistently as as you would if you had continually been pitching. Um, But just on the physical side of things, um, you know, how they're able to go out and compete and then recover after the competition is certainly a peace of mind for them going forward into the off season and, and the execution part is, is something that they've both proven to be very good at and, and, and they will get that back. Zach Plezak, still a young major league pitcher, but what have you seen growth wise from him this season as he's he's gone through, had to deal with a, an injury for a little bit, but has gone through the season? Well, I, I think Zach, you know, um, has, has I don't want to say struggled, but has been frustrated uh, at times um, with, you know, after the injury, um, you know, a, a broken thumb, which, you know, coming back, you know, we were more concerned about his spinning pitches, the slider and the curveball is more so than the, the fastball and the changeup. But, um, you know, Again, I, I think going back to having an extended period of time and not competing, sometimes it's difficult to come back and get your body moving um, like it was moving before. And that's not to say that delivery changes took place because we certainly weren't looking to do that. But sometimes just the rhythm and tempo, um, it, it seems to be that, that he's searching for that at times. Um, but but he, he stayed mentally strong with his work. Um, he has become, um, you know, one that has started to ask more and more questions about his delivery and understanding his delivery because up until this point, he's just been able to go out and do it. Uh, so I think he's learning very much about himself and not only how it should feel, but, but why it should feel that way. So... Um, you know, that, that is growth, and, and he still goes out and he competes, and, and there are nights you feel like, well, maybe this isn't the same guy we saw in terms of stuff-wise at other times, you know, in his early career. But at the same time, you look up, and, and he's given us a chance to win, and, and that's what really good major league pitchers do day in, day out. And, Carl, some young pitchers have, have made some breakthroughs. Tristan McKenzie, Eli Morgan, uh, they got opportunities, and, and – what did they do to really run with those opportunities? Well, I, I think really, Rosie, they they learn about themselves and how their stuff translates at the major league level. Um, you know, we stressed with Tristan, you know, from day one, your stuff plays in the strike zone. Yet we saw early in the season he struggled with the strike zone and, you know, walks and 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 poor counts and and during the stretch where he has been really really good um he he has been really really aggressive and and he's put himself in good pitchers counts he's attacked the hitters with three quality pitches um and i think he's gained a lot of confidence 
and uh, you know it, it, it's made it somewhat easier for him because he can go out and, and know he can challenge guys in the zone, and his stuff plays. I think in uh, in Eli's case, you know, coming here um, really with, you know, if you go and look at scouting reports and evaluations, of Eli, you know, everybody talks about his changeup. Uh, I think what Eli's found out is, yeah, that changeup is is a it's a special pitch for him. But at the same time, when you look up at the at the gun readings and you see his fastball, uh, and there's been times, you know, we've seen 93, occasional 94, but more times than not, you're going to see 89 to 91, yet you see hitters swinging at it like it may be 94 and 95. And he has a tremendous amount of ride to his fastball, and I think what he has learned more than anything else is that he doesn't really have to rely so heavily on the changeup hitters are going to respect that pitch because of how unique it is and it's just allowed his fastball to play up more and made the change up more effective and you know he is such a competitor it's really really and I say this about all the guys but it's really been fun to watch him learn about himself and go out and compete at such a high level at the major leagues I mean you know he's He's beaten Toronto and Robbie Ray in Toronto. He's beaten Garrett Cole and the New York Yankees in Yankee Stadium. He beat the White Sox, um, you know, here this past week uh, or weekend, um, you know, and, and, and went out and, and um, stepped up against Boston as well. I mean, you know, quality teams have had a hard time with him. And uh, I think it's just it's so special for us to see someone like that come up here, do what he's done and put himself on the map and, and know that he's someone that can be a part of this rotation and certainly a, a, a top part of the depth if, if that's where it goes. When you talk about top of the rotation, Cal Quantrill has taken that over. And I remember in spring training, Tito was saying that uh, he had had a couple of tough outings, and he said, hey, look, there's going to come a point in time where that's the rearview mirror. You'll never even remember that because of how good he could be. And here he is. And, and what did he do? making that transition from bullpen to starter. What clicked in as a starter for him? I think, you know, a couple of things. And first and foremost, I think his ability to, to slow himself down a little bit. You know, his his style coming out of the bullpen is a very aggressive style. He comes in and he gets after it and he gets after the hitter and he works at an up-tempo and he just keeps the hitter, you know, on point and and in the having to be in the box ready to hit um he kind of tried to do that in spring training as a starter and 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 things seemingly kind of sped up a little bit um i think we've seen him you know slow himself down become a little more cerebral uh and then along with that you know he he's developed a really really good cutter um it's also a pitch that he can open up and, and make it into a slider. So uh, he, he's gained some separation with his four-seamer and his two-seamer. So he's a guy that can can attack north-south, east, and west. And um, slowing the game down allows him to, to take more advantage of that. And I think that's been two of the biggest keys we've seen out of Cal. Transitioning to the bullpen with Indians pitching coach Carl Willis, Emmanuel Classe's had a remarkable season as the Indians' closer now. Is it too simple to say that once he started using his slider a little bit more that, that things really took off for him? Or, or are there some other things at play here that have really allowed him to become so dominant? Well, you know, Rosie, nothing nothing's really simple in this game. But I think, as you said, 
you know, once once he really bought into um, upping the slider usage, um, wow, what what results we have seen, and it really, you know, we haven't seen a lot of even threats to score, and that's not to say he's going to be perfect. No one's going to be, but I think that has been a, a big key using the slider more often. I think the other thing we've learned about him over the course of the season, you know, with him having not pitched last year, new to the organization, um, you know, I, I think it's fair to say we really didn't know how he was going to compete and what type of teammate he was going to be or, or how he would be able to handle late-inning situations if he landed in that role and, and was going to be in that role. He's proven to be a tremendous teammate, a tremendous competitor, and um, you know he he cares about his team and his teammates, and he goes out uh, with a lot of confidence and um, and really gets after the hitters. And and uh, you know he, there's been a couple of times when things didn't work out, and you know seemingly he's one that can have a short memory, and and uh, that's hugely important for a, a guy at the back end. Brian Shaw has an outside chance to lead the league in appearances. Would you have ever thought that in spring training when he was just trying to make the ball club? Well, you know what? I think when Brian showed up in Goodyear, the the first thing we all talked with him about was, hey, you're back home. Obviously, I think he would admit everyone knows that maybe Colorado didn't work out as well as everyone had hoped for. But I think, you know, number one, his familiarity with Tito and, and having pitched for Tito for a number of years um, and just his familiarity with how we do things in this organization. I think I think he was really comfortable here. And, and I think he was on a mission to prove there was something left in the tank. And, you know, I, I wasn't here with Brian during his first tenure with the Indians. I saw it from the opposing dugout. For me, he's been that same guy that, that you know, the people saw, you know, back in the early, you know, 2012, 13, you know, the 16 years through that, that period of time. And, and you could say, make an argument that, you know, maybe he's even a little better equipped because, you know, a little better feel for his curveball. He's introduced a changeup now. So um, he can be a little more unpredictable. But what what a workhorse he is. You know, he brings it every day. He's ready to pitch every day. And you really haven't seen a lot of, um, you know, decline in his stuff over the course of the full season here now. So, you know, we're we're really happy that, that Brian Shaw has been here this year. He's been a great influence on our younger guys in the bullpen. And, um, you know, he, he, he's been a pro and he's been a leader. And, and to wrap it on that note, uh, no postseason appearance this year for the Indians, which has been unusual in recent seasons. But you've been in this game so long. Is that kind of the uh, the lure of the game sometimes? Is Regardless of, of how things go standing-wise, you can get from – the start of the season to the end and there's always some great stories of, of players like an Anthony goes or others who have had good seasons and maybe surprising seasons yeah it is you know th- this is a tough game and 162 games um, you know so much can happen I think this year um, you know coming out of the COVID season last year and playing only a 60 season um, you know it, it's not just us it's throughout baseball there have been so many injuries um, it's been difficult for a lot of clubs. And, and, and obviously, I think you look at our club, 
and you know there are nights you look out and, and you look at the guy on the mound and, and maybe the players on the field and there there are a lot of young talented players out there with not a lot of experience at the major league level and um, sure it's disappointing you know we we expect the postseason each and every season here we strive towards that um, so disappointing to not be playing later into October but at the same time I think we're all very proud of of what some of our young people have accomplished how they've learned about themselves how they've improved and are going to continue to improve and hopefully get us back to that postseason here hopefully in 2022. I know you're always a big part of getting them from day one of the season to the end and Carl always a pleasure to have you on thank you all right thanks Rosie and um, hope everyone enjoys the offseason and uh, and we'll come back ready to to compete and, and play deeper into the season next year that's Indians pitching coach Carl Willis who has overseen a lot this season and uh, the biggest takeaway from this season is that the Indians are well prepared for 2022 in much better shape from a pitching standpoint than they were heading into the 2021 season and that's a real source of optimism for the coming season stay with us when we come back we'll conclude our show with sandy alomar jr that's next on the cleveland clinic indians radio network it's the Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Save-A-Thon, the annual year-long event where you could save big by bundling Home and Auto with Progressive. So big that we're kicking things off with fireworks. A monster truck battle. A fighter jet flyover. And it wouldn't be a party without the Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Save-A-Thon dancers. You can't really hear them, but trust us, they are working it. So come for the fun and stay for the savings. Only at Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle Extrava Festa Save-A-Thon. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. And as always, uh, plenty of ways to hear our show each week as we transition into our off-season shows next weekend. You can catch Tribe Talk on most of your stations, usually at 5 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Some of your stations might play it at a different time, but uh, that's the general neighborhood. You can also hear it online at Indians.com or as a podcast, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And one of our favorite guests all the time is uh, Indians Hall of Famer Sandy Alomar Jr., the longtime catcher for the tribe and uh, now a longtime coach for the Indians. Back when he was younger, the first ballpark here of three that the Rangers played in was uh, over at the fairgrounds, and uh, he had a chance to play there as a kid as he lived here while his dad played for the Rangers. And then, of course, he came back at uh, the old ballpark that just recently shut down, at least for the Rangers, as a member of the Cleveland Indians. And now as a coach for the Indians, he's here at the new ballpark. And when we caught up with Sandy on Friday, he talked about some of his memories from the first ballpark here when his dad played with the Rangers. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's incredible. I, uh, my, my father played here in 77-78 with the Texas Rangers. We had a chance to go to the uh, first stadium here for Arlington and uh, we used to shack fly balls with the Major League team, and that used to bring us to, to shack fly balls. And I remember also uh, Barry Bonds was here because Bobby played here, Bobby Bonds. And uh, we used to play paper paper cup, paper cup baseball under the bleachers and stuff like that when we were little. So it was Ricky Bonds, Barry, uh, me, and Roberto. So 
Yeah, I remember, and I even just saw a, a gentleman here. He said he was my coach in a little league team called the Arlington Optimist when I when I was here and uh, during the summer. So during those days, was there any doubt that you would eventually play Major League Baseball in your mind? Was that just supposed to be what you were going to do? I at that time we didn't, we just played baseball just just for fun, not thinking about the potential of being a Major League Baseball player. But when you have a father that, that played Major League Baseball for so many years you tend to want to gravitate towards that direction. And uh, I I knew more when I was at the age of 15 that I had a good potential to play uh, Major League Baseball. And when you look at at the most recent one, before this edition, uh, the outdoor one, obviously the Indians had some really good teams when that building was in operation. And Texas had some teams that could mash too. What were the games like, uh, especially when the Indians were at their height in the mid-'90s? Yeah, that wasn't a very interesting stadium because it was a big stadium, but the ball traveled well and uh, the the ground was very hard, short grass, and the ball kind of like went in the ground very fast. It was a fast track, and they had a great offensive team. And so, so did we. So it, there were open games at time, blowouts, and uh, I had an opportunity also to play here with the Rangers in 2005, which was like super hot. I can't believe that Pudge Rodriguez played that many games uh, as, as an everyday catcher here. So now an indoor place, air conditioned. How can that change things, uh, not only for the opposition but for the Texas Rangers too? I think it's uh, it's an advantage. It's very hard to recruit players or to try to guys in free agency. If you have uh, if you're debating within two teams and you're gonna go to a place that's 105, 110 degrees outdoor, or you're gonna go to a place that you're gonna have great temperature and the ball doesn't fly well if you're a pitcher. For for the pitching, recruiting is the is a, the best thing to be here uh, in a new stadium. Uh, and it's 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 a uh, it's a more uh, it's a more fun game to watch uh, under the uh, normal temperature than to be a uh, hundred. You can bring more fans like that, 110. 105 degrees. We've been here. It's like it's pretty. It's pretty hot. Yeah, the Indians, the last team to come in here this season for the final series. Sandy, thanks a lot for sharing some memories. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. That's Sandy Alomar Jr. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, thanks all season to Brian Matze for all of his help in putting together our shows throughout the regular season. And again, stay with us. We'll carry you through the off season, the transition to Guardians baseball and then get you ready for spring training 2022 when that rolls around in mid-February. Until our show next weekend, I'm Jim Rosenhouse, reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.